there is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. everyone and welcome to the Eternity Archives, a bi-weekly TTRPG podcast where we play archivists who work for a multi-dimensional library. But this week, since we are in between chapters, we are going to do a tea time for y'all. Um, we are back with another Q&A episode. It's been a little while since we've had one and our uh, supporters and our friends on Twitter and on Discord have sent us some really awesome questions. So are you all ready to, to just jump right in and start start answering some questions about the Eternity Archives? Should we introduce ourselves? Oh, yeah, we should introduce ourselves. <laughs> Don't you people know who we are yet? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, I guess if you don't know who we are by now, go back to the first episode and re-listen to all of it, but only like the first five minutes. <laughs> but um, as a friendly reminder, uh, hi, everyone. My name is Ziva. My pronouns are she, her, and I usually play Linda, the adorable human office lady. Hi, I'm Dorka. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I-, <laughs> I was about to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Vappy. My pronouns are they, them. And uh, usually I play real Dejakel, who is the uh, the tiefling baby. And I am actually Dorka. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Zen, the barbarian lizard woman. Okay, I was just thinking, could you imagine if like a tea time was actually just a 30 minute live stream of just us drinking tea silently? And that like that was it. It's like a one of those like Yule log <laughs> video streams. Like visual ASMR. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's, and then, you know, we'll have the mics really close up to like when we sip. So it's like, <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, was say, I can't tell if that's ASMR or audio poison. It's like right on that line. Oh, you know, I mean, you know, one man's ASMR is another man's audio, audio poison. poison. <laughs> what the hell is audio poison? I think I picked it up from the McElroy's, which is a slightly embarrassing confession. But it's just when something sounds really horrible, like eating chips directly into the microphone. That would be audio poison. So like our first three arcs. <laughs> no one ever eats. It was a Big Mac! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a lot of questions to answer. So yeah, let's jump into some questions. So um, we're going to go ahead and start with some questions just about um, our characters. So our first question here is from Jace, one of our supporters. Thanks, Jace. Um, if the book drop ever took you to a place where none of your kind existed, what would each archivist like to be turned into? I guess I'll go ahead and go first. Yeah, Linda kind of has it easy, huh? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I think I think Linda would want to be like a big, floofy, anthropomorphic cat. She'd basically just want to be Garfield, but like, oh my um, God. happier, like a, like a less sarcastic Garfield, I think is what Linda would like to be. Well, Zen experiences that all the time, but, you know, she doesn't get to choose her form. The library kind of chooses one for her. So she's been a human a lot. But I think if it were up to her, if she got to choose, her ideal would be, um, honestly, Zen would want to be a dragon. We need to play a game where I get to be a dragon. 
like an actual dragon. Uh, there are games like that, actually. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I know I've seen one specifically about that. Yeah, we should play a game where Zen can be a dragon. Um, okay, I think, you know, like Zen, Rill has also been changed into different things that aren't tieflings, and they aren't particularly, like, they don't hate it. They hate it at first. No, that's a lie. They still hate it, uh, but maybe they're they're more tolerant of it. Um, I guess if they really had to be something that wasn't themselves, uh, a cat, maybe, <laughs> just like a regular cat. <laughs> so you're both cats. Two cats and a dragon going <laughs> yeah. on adventures. Yeah. Ziva's an anthropomorphic cat. Real would just be a cat. No thoughts, head empty, big fuzzy cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Alinda, I think, would, would be, uh, at least have a sarcat or sarcastic. <laughs> we're moving on to our next question. Um, so this one is from our supporter, Rhea. Thanks, Rhea. Uh, when your character retires, do you think that they'll go home or to one of the worlds that they visited? And if they're going to go to a world that they visited, what world would they want to go to? I can't answer this question right now because it's going to be addressed in um, an upcoming arc. Yeah, um, I mean, I can go then. I think for real, I'm still juggling a few options. Um, I don't think they'd want to go to a world that was not their own. Because even though like Faerun and stuff was cool or whatever the 13th age world is, it's like there's no internet or video games and they're not about that life. So I think they'd either want to stay at the library to be like a mentor, you, you know, if they were like a, a retired archivist, an archived archivist, or they would go home. But that is also like dependent on what happens to like their memories and stuff. So but those are the two that I'm th I'm thinking would would be or they die. I mean, w those three options are the most likely. You always say that. <laughs> Yeah, and I want to keep you guys and our audience members on their toes. Anyone can die, especially real. <laughs> uh, this is, I feel like, a hard question to answer for Linda. And there's one universe that's coming up in a future arc that I think would definitely be on her list. Um, but I think I think like Rail should be torn between wanting to stay in the library because she loves to like meet new people and organize groups and mentor people. And so I think that that really appeals to her. But I also think that there's a part of her that would really like to to go back home. Um, but honestly, I think she'd have a hard time leaving the library. I think her like ideal world would be that she could like vacation back home and then come back to the library for work. Yeah, I think that that's also real. We'll get into. I think we. I think I touch on this in the in the next arc, but it's like there's a reason they're at the library and not in their home world. You know, this is uh, this is a good question before some of our upcoming chapters, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah. Um, get ready to be sad. So our next question here is from um, our friend Jenny. Thanks so much, Jenny. Um, in the Avatar universe, what elements would Rill, Zen, and Linda bend? I feel like Linda would be an earthbender because I feel like at her core, she tends to be like kind of like a dependable and sturdy person. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Linda would bend earth. So Zen has canonically been a fire breather in the uh, the 13th age arc. She was breathing fire. So that would be the easy answer. But then in the Henshin arc, her abilities were based in steam. So kind of fire and water together. So I think like the idealized version of Zen, like at the peak of her art would probably be water. Okay. But we're still working to get there. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know anything about Avatar. I've watched like a good portion of the first series and I retained like none of it. Um, so is it personality based? No. Okay. 
I guess for real, it'd be fire, but I guess that's also like the easy answer because they have, I think they've used fire spells, right? Or did I imagine that? You had the um, the hellish rebuke in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I don't know why I have, I guess I have fire attributed to them because they're like a tiefling and that's all like demons and hellfire and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, that that is kind of an interesting. It's sort of uh, with with Zen, it's like from fire to water, and then with Rill, it's like, is it fire? Is that what they want? You know. But you know what? I think I'm getting. I actually think I'm getting into like Harry Potter sorting hat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, we're, so I think I'm thinking about this the wrong way. I don't know, listeners. What do you think they would? Maybe they'd be the Avatar because they just don't want to. It's not that they would. <laughs> be asleep under the ocean for a hundred years like on accident it's just because they chose to they're like man yeah fuck the world i don't i i don't care i'm taking a nap Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's also how i deal with problems very relatable (laughs) um so our last character question here is from um our supporter cat thanks so much cat uh do you ship your characters or npcs with anyone man so I don't tend to think of Linda as like a terribly like romantically aligned person. Um, but in terms of NPCs, I definitely um, ship Elder Selin and Leda Sedai from my Wheel of Time arc. They have they have big girlfriend energy. Um, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of how that shook out when I started um, acting them out. I was like, oh, no, these are definitely girlfriends. Yeah, woman plus woman. I ship all of Ziba's <laughs> NPCs with each other. Yeah, like the halfling and the and was the it the dark, dark elf? elf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. the dark elf. Yeah, yeah. Orin and Win. Hmm. Uh, well, when we started the show, like my concept for Zen was like the tough sword lizard, but also like the Captain Kirk type one, which is why that whole thing happened in uh, Monster of the Week. But yeah, like I don't necessarily ship her with anyone. Okay, so, like, Zen's only fucked one NPC, and we're, like, coming up on, like, episode 30-something, late 20s, right? Or we pat I don't even remember our episode numbers, but I think Zen needs to fuck more NPCs. <laughs> I will take that feedback and run with it. Thank you. Um, f- so, for real... Once again, kind of an interesting question that is going to be uh, addressed in our upcoming arc, like, very specifically. It's not necessarily a ship, as in, like it'd be cute and romantic. It's more like it's a ship where it's the dynamics are interesting and fucked up. And it's like very sad, which, you know, like, is on par for how I treat real. Uh, Sorry. Sorry, real. So this NPC isn't someone that's been introduced yet. There's like a little bit of foreshadowing that I don't think anyone would have picked up on. It's something that you would have to have found out. And then go back and listen to, but yeah. Bappy ships rail with suffering. Uh, yes, that is, that's yes. correct. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's accurate. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and uh, answer some questions from um, from our listeners about the library itself. So our first question here is from Kat, um, who asks, what kinds of things can be borrowed from the library? Just books? Swords. Swords, absolutely. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, swords. Um, I mean, you know, like the library. Okay, I haven't been into a library or like rented, rented, borrowed anything in like a really long time. <laughs> but um, I know libraries now you can like borrow DVDs, like, books. Yeah, technology. Yeah, you yeah can tools rent, sometimes. Yeah, like three D printing machines. Not like borrow, but you can like rent it. There's a library in DC that rents out like studio recording space. 
Oh, wow. That's Dang. super cool. Rails borrowed video games, right? Did I mention that? Yeah, that's that, is definitely that a, okay. did, yes. Okay, okay. Then, yeah, uh, there's, yeah. So I'd say anything pretty much. Yeah, I think I think pretty much everything except for the anomalies. No, I think I think that's pretty much the only thing you can't get. But I think otherwise, if you can find it and you have a um, a library card, or it finds you, or it finds you, yeah, you can pretty much you can pretty much do whatever as long as you bring it back. Those late finds, though, man, those will get you. Yeah, that actually brings up another question: is if you can borrow things because, like, when you're in the library, like when you're you know Brill is cooking or Linda's cooking or whatever, you're not borrowing, like. The ingredients, like you're, those are just being given to you. So what? Yes. What is you give them back eventually? What? Oh, what? no, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Um, I guess like this is kind of one of those dark quote unquote questions of the library, where it's like, is there law in the library? Is there crime? And it's also like, what happens when you don't return a library book or library, you know, owned item. I'm going to say that if you don't return it, it just is removed from your possession. Okay. Yeah, I sort of imagine like a like a Eldritch Void opens and a bunch of tentacles like like snake out and like exactly grab it and like snap back in and you're like, well, fuck. I was reading uh, that. I forgot that was overdue. Yeah. <laughs> you need to pay attention to the stamp that we put on the card at the front. Come back to the to the front desk and you can renew your your, your book, book lease, lease. but uh, uh, there, there is, is a waiting, waiting list, so you're going to have to be at the back. back. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I'm imagining, yes. Oh, nice. Oh, actually, you know, I just remembered something about the shipping thing. This is not something I don't think I've talked to anyone about, but like Ember and I have, are like kind of like RP buddies, and so like we're whores, and so we kind of ship all of our OCs together, so we've d- definitely done like off-screen like talking about like, oh man, like what if Rill and Hope did stuff? But it it was like it's very like not like in a sexy way. It's more like cute and soft <laughs> and just like two awkward babies. <laughs> so Aww. by did stuff you mean like look at each other and hold, hold hands, hands, maybe? Uh they haven't even no, we haven't we haven't even gotten that far. It's like imagine like the slowest burn imaginable. Ugh. It's like we've like <laughs> We've, like, talked about it, and we've, like, kind of RP'd some of it, like, in text, but, like, we never really got very far about it with it. it I think the furthest we got was, like, Rill was teaching Hope about video games. <laughs> that is extremely on brand for Rill. Yeah. It's just, like, very soft, like, pre- not preteen, but, like, middle school romance novel <laughs> shit, like. <laughs> so our next question here is also from Kat, and Kat asks, how is Joseph doing? Um, so I guess this is a question for me. So um, so Joseph is doing good. He is adjusting to having a lot more freedom and having a universe that is um, a lot more like friendly to him and a lot less hostile. And um, I think he's like making friends and starting to um, to realize that like he's allowed to actually like build a life here and have some some future hopes, which is hard to have back home. So he's really enjoying his time in the library and starting to adjust. Yeah, him and Rill are homies. I'm sure they've hung out. I'm sure Rill's taught him what a video game is, too. I imagine that he, like, said and did some pretty problematic stuff when he first arrived. Oh, yeah. But has been, like, unlearning those habits. Yeah, he probably came and said some, like, really horribly gender essentialist stuff. And, like, every single librarian was like, my man, gender is fake. Please, <laughs> Please <laughs> yeah, keep like, it together. It's, it's just, like, he said, I don't know, whatever, some wheel of time 
sexism stuff and and everyone looked at him and then uh proceeded to like in enroll him in like a feminism like 101 through whatever 301 whatever whatever the college naming uh well 301 is like, like advanced feminism yeah yeah so well yeah he had to take the full course he has like <laughs> he has a certification in feminism now so now someone mentions the wage gap and he's like actually excuse me i have really important data that you need to hear about that before you continue your argument <laughs> what is a wage gap and what is this glass ceiling it was it, it, it most of the class was less the like uh, uh concepts of like feminism and equality and it was more just giving him context on what any of it meant <laughs> joseph is uh <laughs> is drinking respect women juice Oh, yeah. So that's how he's doing. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah. All right. So our next question here is from Rhea, who asks, what being has been in the library the longest? Which is a fascinating question. Uh, It's the the Bible. Um, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Is the Bible a a being? A physical entity? Because that's horrifying. Yeah. Oh, no. That's horrifying. Yeah, no. uh, We're going to stop talking about this. I'm getting the oops. (laughs) Um. So part of me wants to say that, like, we don't really know, like, the library is the being that's been in the library the longest. Well, let's, um, let's make our theories, because it feels like a cop-out to be like, well, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm torn between my answer being Dumpling. Ooh, and I like that. And, like, like the head librarian, like, whoever's in charge of the library. And I think one of our uh, guest GMs actually wants to touch on this in a future arc. So that's a little teaser there. Yeah, I we won't talk too much about it. I want to say it's the um the book rental. Oh yeah, the, the book, book rent the book renticles. Yes, I was about to make that joke. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yes, the book renticles. Um, they've been here the longest. I think just they, you know, you got to know your way around the library. I I think if they exist, they're the only being that knows its way around the library. Their way around the library. They're the only being that gets to places intentionally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and who's to say, like, all, you know, the head librarian and Dumpling and the book re- renticles didn't all exist at the same time? You know, aren't all the old, like, you know, kind of like the Bible with the Holy Trinity. You got Dumpling, the head librarian, <laughs> and the book and the renticles. Book <laughs> what if none of us are really ourselves? We're just like eldritch tentacle copies of our original selves. What the fuck does that even mean? Are you high? <laughs> <laughs> so um, our next question is from Kathleen, who is also a podcast spouse and friend of ours. Um, tell me about some fads that have popped up amongst the various librarians. Are we talking like fashion fads, like throughout the quote unquote time period? Like, you know how there's like eras in real life, I guess, where it's like the industrial era and all. But instead, it's yeah. like, oh, the... Uh, plaid lesbian um <laughs> you know oversized shirt era or the that's the current I, era <laughs> yeah it's we don't mention it on the show that often but all three of our characters are constantly wearing plaid lesbian oversized shirts at all times <laughs> it's very hard to find an oversized shirt for zen but but the, the library provides yes. <laughs> the book rentacle is also like a personal like wardrobe dresser person personal shopper no personal shopper makes me think of something else the, but you know what I the mean. renticles do way too much and we're not really all sure how we feel about them yeah 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 this is um this is fascinating new and horrifying new canon for us so much like the living being the bible sorry go <laughs> on um 
Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like to think that the library is a suspicious, not suspicious, that the library is a superstitious place um, where where because it's so like out of control, it's really easy for like superstitions to spread throughout the librarians. So, like one might be like, oh, I was wearing my giant oversized plaid lesbian shirt and, you know, I didn't get lost once that day or um, I opened a door when I was wearing socks that were two different colors and a giant horrible tentacle shark came out and tried to kill me. And so make sure that your socks are always the same color or um, I carry my lucky amulet around and I always I always can find the book I'm looking for. And so that's the kind of fads I was thinking that the librarians would probably spread amongst themselves is is superstitions. Okay, so let's move on to um, our next question, which is also from Kathleen, who asks, are there any librarian tasks that are seen as particularly desirable or undesirable? Are there any newbie hazing rituals? Okay, so I want to say I I feel like our jobs are actually the undesirable jobs because it's like we're going traveling across realities where our bodies are fucking like being unmade and remade we're constantly like in danger and like i mean like maybe people who are adrenaline junkies which i think we've kind of established a few of our characters are would enjoy that but i feel like like a normal person is not like yeah that's what i that's what i want to do see that's really funny because i was gonna say that i think our job is the desirable one. Oh, see, see there you go <laughs> which just proves the point yes I think probably ultimately, like the longer you're at the library, and especially like the more missions you do, that you probably have the opportunity to retire and do more of the like behind the scenes stuff with the anomalies that we don't often um, mention other than like some librarians show up and take some things away. Um, But yeah, I do think whether they're desirable or undesirable is definitely going to depend on the particular archivist. Like I feel like, yeah, Zen is going to want to do field missions forever. And like Rill might be willing to like retire and have like a library desk job. Yeah. So actually, I was thinking, um, you know, we made a joke, or I made a joke, I guess, but Joseph took a feminism course. Is there a trade school in the library? Like, if you want to learn, like, if you want to be like a research or like a an anomaly professor or researcher or something, is there like... Is there like a trade school type thing you can sign up for? Like, is there um, right now we're getting into like community. You can take classes for community college credits, but they cannot be transferred to any other school in the multiverse. Wow. That's I mean, honestly, that makes sense. But I guess even the the library is not immune to the bullshit bureaucracy of the uh, higher education. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, see, so I was thinking, okay, we're now we're getting into like the civic structure of society. But it's just like, if there's a desirable job, like, let's say, everyone does want to be the archivists who work out in the field, right? And you kind of have the the sign up sheet or whatever, you know, you can't have too many people like doing that, right? There's only so many missions. So now there's these other roles where it's like, well, I imagine people don't end up at the library unless they are needed. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Kind of like uh, a reality bending need for career placement. (laughs) Just it just satisfies reality satisfies it. Okay. Yep. So our next question is from um, our fan Sparky Upstart on Twitter. So at Sparky Upstart, Uh, does the library employ any cat boys? And have they gone on missions to the moon? 
I'm gonna say yes. yeah. The yes. library there are almost certainly cat boys. Uh, I don't Absolutely. know. If, yes, I don't know if there's a moon though, but um, maybe if some of the cat boys have gone on missions to like the Lancer universe, then yeah, they've definitely gone to the moon yeah. or moons. At some point, a cat boy has been on a moon. Yes, yes. Like, or if there hasn't, there is the potential for one to have been on a moon in whatever multiverse there may be. Somewhere in the library, we haven't found it yet, but somewhere in the library, there's a plaque of the first Catboy to make it to a moon. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. That's my mission now. <laughs> and, and it's like, weirdly, the Catboy looks like Chance. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say Chance is going to end up in the library. Oh my gosh. No, and Linda is going boy. to avoid them forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and move to some behind the scene questions about the show and about us. So our um, first show question here is from Kat, who asks, what is your favorite thing about recording the Eternity Archives? My favorite thing is I get to have goof-em-ups with my friends. Like... It's it's a lot of fun recording this because we've all been friends for a long time and uh, we've been, you know, comedically bouncing off each other for as long as we've been friends. And so it's just really nice to have have goofy, fun times with my friends and more serious times with my friends, too. Um, but I don't know. It's just fun to hang out with y'all. Yeah. Now you have to give really nice answers. And like, it's hard for me to commit to like actual long term games these days. In part because, like, I spend so much time doing this. But, like, yeah, it's fun to be able to just play, like, all the cool games. Yeah, I think for me, I don't know, everyone gave such, like, thoughtful and nice answers. And I, mine feels kind of, like, self-centered. Um, I just think it's fun to be kind of given an opportunity to sort of try to perform and entertain other people. Um, just because, I don't know if you guys realize this, but I'm introverted and I don't like going out and doing things and so but i still have those those desires um and i can <laughs> i can like fulfill that with with podcast because you guys can't see me you can just hear my voice as i talk bappy's like oh i'm so selfish i like to create content for other people <laughs> yeah because i want you guys to hear how good i am and then give me compliments about how amazing uh everything all the words that come out of my mouth are your words are great they are fuck good. you no i'm just kidding thank you <laughs> plus i really like that you said my voice and the borat voice i did, I did my, not voice. Mean, my voice i did not mean to do that was not on purpose okay um, so our next question here is from Sparky Upstart again. Um, thanks for your question in case I didn't say that earlier. Um, does someone know the overarching plot more than the others? Or do you all have an idea of the mystery unfolding behind the scenes? I would say that the person who knows the most about the plot at any given time is whoever's anchoring next. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was literally going to be my answer. Yes. We've definitely brainstormed ideas of like things we want to do. So like we've talked about, you know, we've mentioned the dark versions of people like Dizzy and and Rill. And that was something we talked about together. And then it kind of went on to be like, okay, well, you know, why do these people exist? Why are there dark versions and all that stuff? And I think in general, we are all in agreement that we do want to do more with the meta plot specifically while also balancing, you know, still testing new games and stuff to kind of I guess that was like a really roundabout way of answering the question. But just like I think we are all kind of in the same boat on what we want to do for the future and the plot. 
But it is like, yeah, more power is given to the person who is anchoring currently or next or what have you. Yeah, I think that's accurate. All right. So our next question is from Kat, who writes, one time I got scolded by my grandma for making tea in a mug. And to this day, I use China teacups. Do you have any fancy teacups? Um, No, I'm a disgusting heathen. And I only drink my tea out of fun novelty mugs. Okay, but you don't brew your... Okay, you said mug. Sorry. When you said fun novelty, my brain immediately snapshotted to like the shitty like plastic cups you get in like those like American Mexican type um, restaurants like... Oh, like the ones that say like Pepsi on the side and they're that weird texture? No, I'm just thinking like well, the texture, yes, but there's like the, I don't know, like the barbecue place here called Rudy's or actually a lot of barbecue places here give you like a little plastic cup. It's just, I know it's like, don't brew tea. those places. Yeah, don't (laughs) brew hot tea in a plastic cup, for the love of God. (laughs) Yeah, no, I do not. I do not use like fun novelty cups. No, I use, I use mugs, but like, uh, like my favorite mug has jellyfish on it. And then on the back, it says, you jelly. Oh my Um, gosh. Yeah. And, and uh, Bappy sent me um, a mug for Christmas that has cats and D20s on it. And I drink a lot of tea out of that. Yeah, I just like I like novelty mugs. I'm not a fancy teacup person. Sorry. So I will say this. I don't understand why you can't make tea in a mug because it's like it's a cup. And that's kind of like, you know, what a mug is for. Um, I think fancy teacups. I don't think I've ever seen my mom regularly drink hot tea out of a teacup like well, they'll bring it out for like special occasions, um, like Lunar New Year, when you have to like make a, it's not a toast. I don't really know how to describe this. And I just realized I've never had to explain this to people who don't know what Lunar New Year is. But it's kind of like at the beginning of the year, you like my mom and dad would kind of like say a toast slash like a a, a, a type of thing you're supposed to say to like your elders and you like quote unquote serve them tea kind of thing and and like for the things like that they use teacups but yeah i don't think i've ever seen my family use teacups for drinking tea regularly <laughs> and and i am allowed to be an authority on this uh because my people <laughs> made tea or or i think it was indians or chinese people i think it was indians and then and then maybe chinese people anyway yeah i i uh i'm claiming tea all tea bappy's coming for the english yeah, I'm coming for the <laughs> fuck the English. <laughs> sorry for all our English listeners. We love you. We just don't love your empire. Yeah, sorry. It's just uh, you like okay. I'm sorry. You just come to Asia and you fucking take our shit, and now you have fucking British people on Twitter being like, "Ooh, Americans don't know how to drink tea," and it's like, uh, you don't either. You stole it too. <laughs> we're we're all we all stole everything. Own up to it. <laughs> so, Bappy, what's your opinion on sweet tea? Um, I think it's fine. I think there's a place for it. It's it's like a southern thing. You don't like sweet tea? I okay, so my answer mm, to this mm, question mm. is I don't have any fancy teacups because I don't like tea, any tea. That, no, that's fair. I think it's like it's a different style of tea. And I think okay, I'm not saying people who don't like sweet tea are racist, but I do think it's <laughs> racist for like British people to be like, eh, sweet tea, that's wrong. You're drinking tea wrong. And it's like, no, I mean, it's just the, the, the way people in America and the South drink tea. You know, I mean, I would, I would, I could say that people who are British drink tea wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you just did. 
<laughs> yeah, and they did. I'm they okay, and I'm allowed to because my people did it first. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like sweet tea, and it's not. It's not because I think tea is a proper thing. I, it's just too sweet for me. If yeah, I'm going to no. drink something sweet, I want a, like a soda or something. Yeah, no, and that's totally valid. Like people are allowed to like not or not like sweet tea. It's just when people are like condescending assholes about it and don't think yes. for five seconds about why maybe don't say that. <laughs> like don't be an asshole about the existence of Southern sweet tea. You know, check yourself, look in a mirror and stare into the window of your soul and I can't think of anything to follow that up with that's not like... <laughs> so this has been a very long question. Our next question here is from Kathleen who asks, is it morally acceptable to make tea by the cup or does it have to be a whole pot? Follow up, if the former is true, how many times can you get tea out of your leaves? I still don't drink tea, so... I have very strong feelings about this, which is yes, it's morally acceptable to make tea by the cup and... Two times is the maximum number of times you can get tea out of the leaves before they start to taste like trash water. So yes, and two is my answer. So yes, you can make tea by the mug because sometimes people don't have teapots. And that's also what my mom did. I would remember my mom would make tea and be like, these tea leaves are still good. Like we'd go to a restaurant and she'd ask for hot tea. And then, you know, they instead of giving her a refill of hot water, they'd like take her mug with the tea bag still in. And then she'd be like, why'd they take that? That tea bag was still good. Um, So I don't know as much as you think the tea water is still good. Like, you know, if you don't, if you like watered down, uh, trash water you're valid and and you should live your life i'm not gonna be like the british i'm not gonna tell you the way you're drinking tea is wrong unless you're british then i will and i have um but like you know yeah as many times as you want in my opinion it's it's fucking outside tree leaves you put in hot water and you're like mm, a beverage like <laughs> like objectively speaking that is kind of weird in like not in a oh tea is weird but it's just like weird in the sense of like you're putting shit you found outside and then putting it in your f- oh i guess that's all food yeah. yeah that's all food actually food is society wild is weird yeah food it. is yeah. crazy <laughs> This is not helping my is everyone high question. Okay, well, you know that this is my default state of existence. So I'm (laughs) exempt from that line of questioning from everyone. Because Oreo soup. See, okay. Oreo soup makes more sense to me. No, no, no. We have to we have to move on. We cannot do Oreo soup again. Okay, um, so we're moving on to slightly different food hot takes. Um, Kathleen here asks for hot takes on watercress, and mine is, it's delicious. Why don't we use more of it? I don't, I know I've eaten watercress. I can't recall what it is, but I think I like it. So I'm going to say I enjoy it. Yeah, I made a um, salad with it a couple months ago, and I don't usually like salad because I don't, I just don't like putting leaves in my mouth, but it was good. And that's why that's, you don't drink that's tea. That's why you don't like tea. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> shit, you're right. It all makes sense. Yeah, watercress so, is cool. Yeah, unfortunately, we have no hot takes on watercress. Yeah, no, our, we have like lukewarm takes, which is it's pretty good. Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, anything. Okay, maybe not anything. Most things are good as long as you cook it in a way that you that appeals to your palate with like the seasoning and spices that you use. Except for lima beans, which are just couch dust that they put in bean form and they can fuck right off. Also quinoa. I have a, I'll, I'll give you a hot take on quinoa, which is that it's disgusting. 
I want to like quinoa. It's fine if you cook it well, but if you just have a bowl of quinoa, it tastes like eating a thousand tiny condoms. <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you guys just eating plain quinoa? It's supposed to be rice, but good for you. And that's a mistake. Don't do it. No, you. Okay. Have you been to like those bougie, like, uh, like what is that one place? Kava or whatever. It's like Greek chipotle or Mediterranean chipotle. Yeah. And I didn't get quinoa because I yeah. love myself. <laughs> It's because you get quinoa and you mix it in with everything else that gives it flavor. Like Okay, so quinoa is only good if you bury the taste of it under a ton of other things. It doesn't taste like anything. It's like, okay. Whew, all right. Like there are so <laughs> oh, foods. No. Here's the hot take. Baffy's going feast my food. Okay. okay. <laughs> Not everything is supposed to be eaten by itself. Like, there are things that are supposed to be accompanied by other things. Like, you, you can eat plain rice, you know, as a, as a Chinese person. All right. My, my parents were immigrants, so I'm, I'm pretty close to it. You can eat, you can just eat rice by itself. That's fine. But generally speaking, you should eat rice with other things. It's like it's like a hamburger bun. Like, yes, you can eat a hamburger bun by itself, but why the fuck are you doing that? Just eat, you you put things on it. It's supposed to be eaten with other things. <laughs> like quinoa <laughs> or barley or oats. Like these are all foods you should be eating with other things. You if you enjoy the taste of nothing, if you just enjoy eating texture and you're like this is filling, this is a meal, then okay, yeah, whatever. Go go ahead, live your life. But I feel like anyone who's telling you that you need to eat these things by themselves is wrong and is trying to get you to stop eating food because they don't like you and they want you to die. <laughs> so sort of on that note, um, I'm going to go ahead and skip around a little bit on the list. Um, our next question here is from Sparky Upstart, who asks, what are your favorite foods? So let's talk about the opposite of quinoa. Oh, so this was probably one of the harder questions in the list for me to think about because I just love food. Oh, same. Not quinoa. Not quinoa. <laughs> Fuck quinoa. What I what I came up with, what I have written down is uh, I like mushrooms. I like chocolate. I like chili and a really good ribeye. What kind of mushrooms? Because mm. there are different textures and different flavors of mushrooms. Well, mushrooms just as a general food group. But do you have like a type of mushroom you like? Uh, cremony, baby bellas. Okay, mm. so like the little, little kind of crunchy, crispy, li- little baby type of mushrooms. That I mean, just, they don't have to in. be crunchy or crispy. What are you eating? Soft mushrooms? Yeah, you can like saute them. Yeah, they're soft, like they're good. sauteed. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. I was thinking like you were eating like bad mushrooms that were just like soft. And they just like you you pick it up and it just melts. Yes, my favorite Ugh. food is disgusting old mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What I like Oreo soup. I'm not gonna judge. Do you think I have any room to judge anyone except the British? <laughs> and people who tell you that quinoa is supposed to be enjoyed by itself. Which is you guys, I guess. You guys and the British. So no, we love our British listeners. It's your empire that makes me mad. <laughs> The same can be said of our American listeners. Yes. So. Yeah. Sorry, America. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not sorry about America, <laughs> but I'm American and I. everyone knows my self-loathing, so I don't have to apologize for that. <laughs> so I think my, I, I have a really hard time choosing one favorite food because I also really like food, but um, sushi's on the list. 
Pizza's okay, what on kind the of list. Sushi? What kind of sushi? Literally every sushi, but I have a special love for salmon and for spicy tuna, both. Okay. All right. But literally I'll eat almost anything. I also really love like a good like roast chicken and potatoes where you like do it right and everything's all crispy and mm-hmm. um yeah. But I'm I'm a pretty happy camper. I like most foods, so it's hard to it, I have to like really think hard about what foods I don't like. So most of my yeah. favorite foods these days come from the World of Warcraft cookbook, which is like actually a really good like high class cookbook with like really delicious homemade recipes. I actually just made banana bread from that cookbook today. Okay, but mm. are you going out and gathering the mats yourself, or are you just buying them off the auction house? I'm just buying them off the auction house. Okay, I see. All right, that's fair. For me, okay, so I also like sushi, and I'm, I will apologize for a moment, because I'm going to get really British about sushi really quick, as in I'm going to be a pretentious asshole, but it, it kind of annoys me a little bit when people are like, yeah, I like I like sushi, and they're like, and I'm like, what's your favorite kind of sushi? And they're like, California rolls, and I'm like, <laughs> because California rolls are delicious, but that's not like it upsets me a little bit. But I, I, I respect your uh, right to say those kinds of things, even if it hurts me a little bit. And I like steak. I like yeah, steak, sushi. I like ice cream. Who doesn't like cakes? Most food is good. I'll en- I'll enjoy a food. I'll enjoy some quinoa with other things. <laughs> So let's go ahead and end with um with one last um hot take question, which is from Kathleen, who asks Are you sure you want to ask this? Yes, I'm sure I want to <laughs> ask this. It's not food related, so it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right. We can take our spicy hats off, hopefully. No, no. Um never. It's never. it's just grafted to your head now. Yeah. Your spicy it's hat. Called, it's called my brain, Ziva. All right. <laughs> Um, so our last question here is from Kathleen, who asks, fuck, Mary kill, character creation edition, class, playbook, freeform build. Kill, freeform build. You were, like, ready with that one. Yeah, I, I wasn't even something I was just thinking about. Like, that wasn't something I, like, sat on all day. It's just out of the... I need a bit of guidance, all right? Like, I'm not meant for the... in. I'm a little D&D baby. I'm I'm, I'm venturing off in into the big, wide world of TTRPGs. Kind of like how the Amish, when they turn 18, they go into, like, Rum modern Springa. society. Yeah, I'm doing a rumspringa of TTRPGs. But it's like indie TRPGs. And I just can't do the super like freeform stuff. I need a little bit of guidance, please. You guys can go ahead for the for yours. I still need to think about the other two, I think. Alright. Well, I would also kill freeform. Just because like I feel like classes and playbooks often can help give a lot of like flavor and context to a game. And like the way a game does like classes or playbooks can really tell you a lot about that game and like the world you're playing in. And so I do appreciate those things more than Freeform. And I don't like kill Freeform because we have to kill one of them, but I would probably marry classes just because like Batby, like I am a D&D baby and I come from that and I am just kind of more comfortable with it. But I'll fuck with a good playbook now and then. I think playbooks are like I, I feel like in some games, playbooks are all like so distinct and unique and creative that they're just like awesome. But sometimes playbooks feel a little limiting to me. And that's why like I'd rather pick and choose when I have to use a playbook. And um, class system is always, always feels a little more reliable to me. 
That was eloquent and was exactly what I was going to say, except you said it way better. So ditto. I'm stealing Dorka's answer. Yeah, I I also agree with that. Um, But with playbooks and classes, it's more like I have, I'm in a polyamorous relationship with, with both of them. So I'm, I'm my long-term committed partner is classes because like, they're my sugar buns, you know, they, they, they've been with me the longest. I'm comfortable in them, but like playbooks are kind of like sexy and new. And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can get with that. You know, you'll fuck with a playbook. Yeah. Go be my manic pixie dream playbook um so but like you know i i also think on top of that we're kind of like in an intermingled polyamorous relationship you know some people have their partners on the side and they're not related at all but for me i think i would want classes and playbooks to sort of you know get to know each other a little bit and and maybe they should go off and kind of do their own thing too because you know there there are things uh i really appreciate about classes and things i really appreciate about playbooks and i think they could learn a thing or two from each other, you know? I agree. So there's my kind of weird answer. No, I think that's a valid answer. All right. Well, with that last, um, actually pretty relatively uh, mild take, that is the end of our question and answer episode. So thanks again to everyone for sending in questions. We had a really, really great time um, chatting about all of this. Thank you for everyone uh, listening to- I'm not ready to finish. I'm still so angry about just ask me more questions and- let me yell. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to the big <laughs> um, chaos energy that we brought into this episode. Um, I don't think that this will be our last question and answer. So if you did not get a chance to send in a question this time, um, you know, feel free to store them up for later, like a squirrel getting ready for winter. Um, and of course, um, you're always welcome to add us on Twitter or come find us on Discord. Or if you're a supporter, you get access to our exclusive supporter Discord and you can come chat with us there. And we love answering questions. We'll tell you anything. We'll draw tarot cards for you. Like, it's just a big party in there. It's a good time in there. Um, So, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Um, We hope you enjoyed our question and answer tea time. And um, we look forward to seeing you um, in a couple weeks for the first episode of our Dungeon Bitches arc. Wow, it's really weird that our listener metrics just, like, sharp dropped in the UK after this episode. (laughs) Really weird. I don't... (laughs) Well, you know, I can't maybe, imagine what that was about. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, uh, we are the attorney archives. We are tea for a reason. My opinion on tea is law. So, thank <laughs> so you. you have to listen to Bappy. It's the law now. All right. Sorry, that was really aggressive. Thanks, everyone. Right, thanks. So, thanks so much for listening, <laughs> thanks, everyone. everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Eternity Archives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Come listen to Dice of Roll, the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet. We ask the hard questions like, is it morally acceptable to kiss a goblin? Is it cool to use spell slots to warm up leftovers? Would the gods be mad if I wrote slash fic about them? We're a group of four friends 
who play Pathfinder 2nd Edition every week and go on adventures like none other. We've just launched our brand new season, Extinction Curse, which follows the adventures of the Circus of Wayward Wonders, as they put on the greatest show in all of Galarian and uncover ancient secrets and long-forgotten foes from a bygone era. If you like circuses, clowns, and a little bit of magic, come check us out, and make sure that no matter what, you keep it rolling. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.